I wasn't the healthiest at that point. I was a bit stressed, overworked, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the constant life pressures. Uh, th the more I did or the more I performed, the higher the expectations. You know, the uh, stress got to me. The politics was something I never quite enjoyed um, in corporate. It, you had to play this game. And I didn't like it. I wasn't, I, I, I was no good at it, right? I had a team, I managed a team, I had great managers, but I was no good at this game. And um, I soon found out that if you wanted to survive and thrive in this environment, you had to get really good at it. And I just made a decision, you know, I need to get out. Now, here's the thing. If I go back 15 years ago, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, you know, this is before YouTube and before Facebook and before the internet was really what it is today. And so I started reading books like The Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, did Tony Robbins, went to Dr. John D. Martini's seminars and did all that kind of stuff, Deepak Chopra. I went to actual seminars where you sit down in a room and you listen to someone talk and you go, wow, I, I need to change my life. What story are you telling? Whether you're intentional about it or not, you have an audience and they think in story. The Doug Thompson podcast features diverse storytellers sharing their practical tips for telling the story they need others to envision and trust in order to take a new action. Here's your host, Doug Thompson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doug Thompson podcast. I am honored today to be speaking to someone half around halfway around the planet in a different hemisphere with a toilet spin the other direction. Uh, Gavin, Sequera. how are you doing this morning, Gavin? It's because it's morning your time it's evening my time. It is, Doug. Thank you for having me. And yes, it, we do spin the other way around. Uh, the, I'm in the land down under. So I, I live in Australia. That's where I'm from. That's outstanding. I love my people from Australia. I, we, when we were talking about this earlier, that uh, Australians and Texans are they're sort of like long lost cousins. Um, you know, we have very much the same mentality about things and all. So good. And thanks yeah. for coming. So tell me a little bit. Tell us a little bit about what Gavin does on a day to day basis. Yeah, look, Doug, um, what I do today is very different to what I used to do. Um, so these days, I help people to start their own business. So I'm a bit of a mentor and a coach. And really, I should say to you, an accidental mentor and coach. I didn't plan to be this, you know, when I was a young guy, you know, out of university and college and all of that. I, uh, I kind of fell into this over the last, I'd say, 15 years. Um, and so that's what I do. I you know, I run a program, we help people to get their ideas off the ground, you know, people that are looking to do something on the side of their job, maybe they're not happy with where they're at, maybe they're a little bit bored, or they're kind of hit a glass ceiling, you know, they're not quite hitting the potential that they thought they had, and they want to do something different, they want to, uh, you know, explore some possibilities, try something out, something they're passionate about, maybe an idea that got floated past them, and uh, they just want to see if it works. And so, you know, I help them put the systems in place, put the, the wheels in motion. Let's get it off the ground. Let's help you monetize it. That's what I do today. Very different to what I used to do. Speaking of accidental, how, how did this come about here? How did that, you know, it's, I, I think I have an idea what's going on, but go ahead and let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, look, um, you know, I, I don't know if you've read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, or even heard of it. But 
you know, I really went down that path initially. I was, uh, you know, the, the grade A student, um, went to school, went to university, got the degree. In fact, I actually got two degrees, then went on to work and did the MBA. It's like I didn't have enough letters after my name. I had to go down this traditional path of education and then the traditional working career as well. And so for me, it was about ticking all the right boxes, pleasing everyone around me, making sure I, you know, I, I did the right thing. And look, I had a great career in corporate for about almost a dozen years, 12 years, and uh, worked for some large companies like IBM and Oracle and loved it, loved it. You know, I met some great people, traveled all around the world, went, went into the US, uh, met a lot of my, my great friends and family in that part of the world. And so you're quite right when you said in the beginning, there's a lot of similarities with our, our cultures. There definitely is. Um, but, you know, Doug, I got to a point where in the last couple of years of my corporate career, I, I became a little bit um, jaded. I became uh, disillusioned. And so I didn't know what was going on. Um, I wasn't the healthiest at that point. I was a bit stressed, overworked, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the constant life pressures. Uh, the, the more I did or the more I, I, I performed, the higher the expectations. You know, the uh, stress got to me. The politics was something I never quite enjoyed um, in corporate. It, you had to play this game. And I didn't like it. I wasn't, I, I, I was no good at it, right? I had a team, I managed a team, I had great managers, but I was no good at this game. And um, I soon found out that if you wanted to survive and thrive in this environment, you had to get really good at it. And I just made a decision, you know, I need to get out. Now, here's the thing. If I go back 15 years ago, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, you know, this is before YouTube and before Facebook and before the internet was really what it is today. And so I started reading books like The Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, did Tony Robbins, went to Dr. John D. Martini's seminars and did all that kind of stuff, Deepak Chopra. I went to actual seminars where you sit down in a room and you listen to someone talk and you go, wow, I, I need to change my life. And so I went through this transformation process, started a side business. And I guess then the universe said, hey, Gavin, I think you're ready. We're going to do something to you that you're not prepared for. And I got made redundant overnight. During the global financial crisis, my manager tapped me on the shoulder and he goes, well, I've just lost my job. Um, I guess you're about to lose your job now. And so is your team. And, you know, in, in that week, there were hundreds of people let go in our company. And I was one of them. And I was offered another role for half the pay. And they said, well, we would like to retain you because you're a really good performer. And I made that decision, Doug, to say, listen, I'm out. I'm going to try this other path. The universe has opened up a door and I'm going to see where it leads. And that's where I am today. You know, it, it's, it's interesting as you're, you could be telling my story in a lot of those cases, because, you know, yeah. I've been in the big company things and politics is part of the gamemanship, I guess, that goes along with it. And, and some people love it. And, and I, I, I don't like it either. And it's, it's the, it takes a lot of energy to, to, to do that. And yeah. you know, so, so I, I'm with you on that. It's a, it's a unique and, and the stress is there. And as you said, you know, you, you perform higher and they, you know, you, you know, they, it's constantly more is expected of you, which, which I guess in life, when you get to a certain point, it is that way, but it just seems different here than it does. It's in, never enough. It's never enough. Yeah. yeah it's, it's never enough. And so I, you know, it, the universe does two things. And sometimes I think the universe kicks us out before we think we're ready. 
because otherwise we just sit there and keep suffering. You know, sometimes <laughs> we have things that that uh, push us to go make changes. You know, and, and do that, and it's like it hurts for a couple of days. <laughs> you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Till it, but but at least you had something ready, and and well, maybe not ready. You had something going. And to get to that right. next level, you needed to dedicate more time to it. And maybe this was the opportunity they gave you to do that. Well, this is the thing. So, you know, talking about, you know, when is the right time and all of that, I believe the universe doesn't put you in a position that you can't handle. So it figured that I was looking for a way out and it said, you know what, let's throw this guy in a little bit of deeper water and see if he, if he wants to swim, you yeah. know? Uh, yeah. And I guess I was ready because mentally I had checked out. So I was going to work for the last couple of years, but I, I wasn't fully present. Um, so, you know, if you've, your listeners are finding themselves in this position where they're doing something, but the passion's no longer there. Maybe the, you know, the commitment isn't there, the desire to, to really advance and, and do the, you know, the best job that they possibly can isn't there. Then you got to ask yourself, you know, some honest questions like, am I in the right place? Uh, should I, is this where I want to be spending the next five or 10 or 20 years of my life? And if the answer is not a, an immediate yes, then what is, you know, ask yourself what is. And, and once I got to that point, I had to find a different way because if I kept doing the same thing, I, I wouldn't have been good at my job. People would have seen right through me and it's not fair to myself. It's not fair to my team, the company. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, if I do something, I like to do it well. And when I found myself just kind of, you know, really going downhill, even my health wasn't good. You know, I wasn't, I just wasn't a happy person back then. And um, I guess something had to change, right? Yeah. And so that's, that's where the change initiated by my lack of um, wanting to be there. You know, <laughs> hindsight makes the picture very clear. But when you're in the middle of the fog of what's going on in this, it's, it comes as a surprise. I think we have that. And this is, this is a great hero's journey of you know, talking about storytelling because you're doing all these other things and something happens where you have to change. Right. right? And it comes up and, and now you're struggling through this. And I think part of your, and you talked about being sort of a, a accidental mentoring coach in doing this is that I think you like to help people learn from your mistakes that you went on. So as you're, you know, is most of us, most, entrepreneurs that start out you know you you stub your toe a lot <laughs> and you figure yeah. out the work right? oh i stubbed it I, I i i kind of there were times when i paralyzed myself you know i'm like i'm asking myself what am i doing and you're quite right when i started off on this journey um i had a lot of pushback you know and pushback from people that were close to me it's not to say i didn't have support around me i i had plenty of support but i had people really questioning hey gavin you're a smart guy. Why did you, why aren't you getting back into work? Why, you know, you got two degrees, an MBA, you've worked for over 10 years in this, you built yourself up. Why are you writing a book? Why are you, you're doing a, what, a podcast? What's that? And people didn't even know what a podcast was, you know, um, six, seven years ago. Uh, I had people ask me, so Gavin, when are you going to get a real job again? You know, and, you know, even you'll be surprised, Doug, even to this day, I have, when I speak to my, my dad, for example, he'll say to me, is everything okay? You guys are managing, you know, you're paying the bills because they, you know, when you go back to the, I guess the previous generation, they were hard workers, you know, the baby boomers or whatever you want to call it. It was work hard, study hard, work till you, you can retire. And then you, you go on the pension and you go, you know, and that's just how it was. And they just didn't quite get the journey I was on. So I, 
I, I faced a lot of that pushback and challenge. And I started to question myself. There were times when I was doing things and, you know, like anyone who's out there who's listening to this, uh, if you've started any kind of um, business or, or any kind of adventure or any kind of challenge, you get setbacks. And when I hit setbacks, I started, started to ask myself, am I doing the right thing? I mean, why am I doing this now? You know, I, I could just go back and get a job. But um, I had to believe in myself. And I guess that's where, you know, reading good books and uh, having good mentors around me and having a community really helped. But I had to find that because initially I didn't have any of that. It was really tough. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, the generational thing that you talked about. Corporations yeah. were a little bit different back then, at least. There was some loyalty and you could stay at some place till you retired and got the gold watch and stuff. So that all sort of went by the wayside. But you're right, they that's the mentality that they grew up with. And it is a bit different in... Like most people, when you don't understand it or it's different, you you like, for example, we're grandparents and my um, youngest daughter is doing this gentle parenting type thing where mm. you're encouraging them to do things. And you, you, you have to sort of explain it just because I said so is not viable anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What I grew up with. So trying to learn and it's sometimes you question it because you don't understand it. You haven't seen the result um until you look back right so so and i think that when you're when you're going through it you'll you don't you learn more through failures than you do success and i think each of those opportunities where you failed or something it, it, you know the, the initial reaction is interbully comes in and the doubt comes in and starts hammering you hey you need to go back to where it's safe and go back to these other things right and right the, the true successful people which you know people with good coaches and mentors and stuff will help challenge them say what did you learn from this right what did we, we we learned a way that it didn't work like thomas edison that's 99 ways the light bulb won't work right <laughs> right yeah 99 or, or 9999 that guy did a lot of he went through a lot of i wouldn't even call it failures he was just trying to find the right way yeah. and so yeah. you're quite right when you say you know failure can be a stepping stone to success uh, because it's it's really unrealistic to think that everything you try is going to work first time around. It just doesn't happen like that, you know. Hey, I've just tried gardening for the first time, you know, um, a couple of years ago, and I'm planting things and I'm trying to figure out how to grow things. And I'll be honest with you, I'm terrible. I'm terrible, you know. I'm, but does that mean I can't learn? No, you know. I, I so if something doesn't work, I got to figure out a way to make it work, you know. And Unfortunately, a, 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 a few flowers have to perish. <laughs> you know, a few things have to kind of go by the wayside before I figure out, hey, you know, I need to get the soil right, get the get the, the light right, get the temperature, all that kind of stuff. So in business or in any kind of challenge, you know, you've just got to find the right ingredients, the right environment, the right support. Uh, and the other thing is you've got to stick by it, good times and bad, like anything. And so um, it's tough. But it can be rewarding. Mm -hmm. So, and when you're when you're coaching somebody that's sort of prepping for that, you know, they they have enough awareness to know that they're going to need to do something else. And it could be simply they're they're approaching retirement age and don't want to retire. You know, they're not good at fishing or something and want to keep doing or something else. How do you sort of uh, test them to make sure that they they are not necessarily ready to pull the ripcord, but setting the setting the foundation correctly? Because if you don't have that sound foundation, then it, you struggle a lot. So it sounds like you're trying to help them build that big foundation that it's a little bit easier to change courses. 
Yeah, look, it comes down to, I guess, you know, when we're having that initial conversation, um, people, a lot of people will initially go, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. I'd love to do it. But if they're not ready mentally, you see, I can't sell the dream to someone. Right. I can just help them to build it or I can help them to put it in place. They have to have already reached that point where they want to do it. So even if it's not with me, they're going to do it with someone else or they're going to do it by themselves. They've committed to doing it. It's like they bought the one-way ticket and they're out of there. You know, like they've just got to figure out now, are they going to go on a bus, on a train, on a plane? Are they going to walk? Like, but they've, they've bought the ticket, they're out. So they're making the move to move from A to B. So my job is not to convince them that, hey, I think you need to do this. My thing is like, how are you going to do it? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? What if we did this together? Would you be interested in finding out a smarter way to do it? And that's where I come in. So I'm not there to convince anyone because I'll tell you now, I, you know, you need to be in control of your life. Like I can't, I can't, I can't do that for you. And so um, I can put resources in front of people and I can, you know, say, hey, I think you need to read this, maybe check this out. Let's talk in six months time. If you're still in the same spot, then maybe we need to take the next step. Uh, but usually the, the people I work with have already reached that point where they're ready to go, you know, and if not, we still talk, but I keep in touch with them and it might take a few months. It might even take a couple of years, but it's, uh, their, it's their journey to make. If yeah, that makes it, sense. It must be the name Gavin. Cause I, I, you know, <laughs> there's another Gavin that um, I, I engaged with here was we we're losing some weight and he, you know, I, I'd been a, a triathlete and stuff. So uh, I was in like a permanent off season, but still eating like I was training, which wasn't working out so well, uh, <laughs> from the weight perspective. But, you know, I, a video appeared from him one day and it was, it was about sort of, he, you know, firmly believed that when, when the student is ready, the teacher will, will appear. And it sounds like a little bit like you as well, is that when, when you're sort of ready and all that, then you're there to go ahead and help them take that next step. And sometimes it was funny. We were in church this morning. And there was a story about Jesus at, in the Bethesda pool where he handled the paralytic. Uh, his name mm. was Jesse, I think. And he, he says, stand up and take your mat and walk. And, you know, he said, look, I, he gave all these reasons why he couldn't do something. He'd been by the pool for 30 odd years and he didn't really belong there. He didn't really truly deep down, didn't believe that the pool was a place he needed to be to heal him. Mm. But he needed somebody that came along at the right time. In this case was Jesus and and said, look, you've got to stand up yourself, pick up your mat and go. So right. he, and he had to believe it himself. So it sounds like, you know, not to get too, too philosophical about it, but I heard that today. And in thinking about your story, it just sort of tied in this somewhat huge human nature of that. We have to, we have to put our own pants on to, you know, to get up and go. Yeah. yeah you know, and it's, it's a bit like the, uh, have you heard this story about the, the, the bird, the cuckoo, right now? It pushes its, its, its young babies off the ledge. And these things are pretty high up on trees. Yeah. And you would think, you know, if you had a, a kid that you've has just been born, the last thing you're going to do is push it off the ledge. But right. what these words do is like, well, hey, listen, I, I've got five of you here. And if, all, if you're going to survive, each of, each of you need to learn to fly and yeah. take care of yourself. Yeah. So I did my job. I brought you into the world. Now you're, I've got to push you off and you've got to learn to survive. And so it pushes each of them off and they fall to the floor and they've got to get up and they've got to flap their wings. You know, the ones that make it survive, the ones that don't, don't. You know, another, another one is the, uh, 
again, it's a metaphor, but butterflies, right? They come out of a cocoon. And yeah. they have got to struggle to break free uh, from that cocoon, which is this hard little shell that surrounds them. But if they don't push and break out of it, the, they won't develop the energy in their wings to be able to fly. Right. And, you know, I've, done, I've been guilty of this. I, as a kid, I saw a little butterfly struggling in this cocoon. So what did I do? I opened the, the thing up and I thought I'd free it. Yeah. But you know what? I probably caused it to die in the end because it, it, I don't think it ever flew. It never built up the energy it needed to fly. So, you know, I, again, relating it back to what we're talking, um, my job is not to push people into something they're not ready to do. They've got to come up with this, the, the courage. They've got to come up with the conviction. And then when they're ready, you know, people like myself, like yourself, there's plenty of others. There's, you know, I'm not the only coach and mentor out there. There's a lot of people. There's help and support for people who are looking for it but you've got to convince yourself that you're ready to make change yeah and when you are there's plenty of avenues yeah and there's a big difference between corporate world and you know um entrepreneurship to that for yeah. sure and, and what made you successful in the corporate life may actually work against you in the entrepreneurial life yeah that's an interesting uh uh point there are, I think there's a lot of things that happen in the corporate world that have helped me in some measure of success with what I'm doing now. For example, having structure, having a discipline. You turn up to work every day, don't you, right? You know, you, you care about your uh, performance. You try and do as good a job as you can. You're always trying to deliver on time, on budget, all those kind of things. You know, and, and you are held accountable by your management team or, or peers or whatever. And it's kind of the same thing. When you start your own business, you don't have all those resources, but you've got to have the accountability. So if you don't, are not good with it with yourself, you need to find someone who can help you with that. And that's where having a good coach or a mentor comes in. If you don't have a team, you need to find other people in the community that are like-minded that can share the journey with you to keep you, you know, on track. And I guess when you start to have clients, when you start to, you know, have to deliver for, for people, you really need to care about them because if you don't help them become successful, you haven't got a business. So at the end of the day, there's a lot of similarities, but I think the difference is when you're in your own business, you need to work a little bit harder. You need to push yourself a little bit further because you are, you need to almost source a lot of those groups of people out. Whereas you enter a job, in a company and in a corporate environment, it's already there. Yeah. Whereas in small business, you need to find it. And a lot of people think I can just easily make the switch. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got all my all, all my back end stuff's all taken care of at work and all that, and I don't have to worry about that. Exactly. But, uh, what's the best compliment that you've got? I mean, there's there's times that that I take little wins, and you know that that I I help one person from a speaking engagement or something on that, then. For me, it's a win, you know, getting that thing. So what, in your, what's the, like the biggest one or uh, that you've gotten? Yeah, look, I, um, I like it when people say, Hey, listen, Gavin, I read something you, you put out or, you know, from our last chat or even just working with you over the last few months or the last couple of years, it's really made a big difference in my life. It's helped me to see things or put this in place or help me set this thing up. And now I'm on a different path and I couldn't have done it without you. It's, amazing to hear something like that because 
you know, I, I'm no different to you, Doug, or to the guy next door. I'm, I'm just someone who I was taught a lot of the stuff that I know. I picked up from people that were smarter than me or more experienced. All I'm doing now is I'm sharing it in a way that one makes sense to me, but then hopefully makes sense to you as well. And then if it makes a difference to you, you may want to share that with someone else, you know, and it's kind of like passing, passing the buck on, you know, I don't want to keep this knowledge within me. I was fortunate to, to gain it. I, I wish I'd gained it 20 years earlier, but I gained it at the right time for me. And now what took me 15 years to kind of get to where I am when I left the corporate world, hopefully it doesn't take someone 15 years to, to do the same. So if they can do it in two or three years or less, then I've done my job, you see. And so that's, that's kind of like a really good compliment when I get that. Well, it seems like you've got the sort of the best of both worlds in this case here, because I, I know that is that one, it's the giving and watching other people do things with the tools that you've given them that they didn't think yeah. was, that's a reward in itself. And then make, sure. being able to make a living at it, of course, you know, that's, that's, that's a nice thing too. But, you know, yeah, I, 100%. if you had to weight that down as it, is it, you know, not to cost any business, but where do you get, there's the most satisfaction that you're making a living doing this, or is I, it's probably 51, 49, that, that <laughs> the reward of actually watching somebody go out and then even better, as you said, watching them go out and maybe help somebody else and paying it forward. Yeah, correct. I, look, you nailed it. I think um, there is definitely satisfaction in making a living doing what I'm doing because I'm doing what I actually love doing. Now, you know, I'm on a journey like everyone else, but I get tremendous satisfaction. I'd put it at way above 90% probably the satisfaction in seeing someone else get good results. You know, when I was in corporate, and people ask me, Gavin, what do you do? I'd, I'd tell them what I did. And they'd look at me with blank faces like, uh, you just spoke a different language. You know, I would tell them the title on my card and it wouldn't mean a thing to them. And then I would question myself, who am I really helping? I'm helping another company make more money. I'm, am I making a difference in someone's life? Where, where is my contribution to society? I don't really know. I kind of felt a bit lost. But in doing what I'm doing now, I can, even if I help one person, I've made a difference in their life. I've, I feel very empowered by that. So, um, you know, yeah, I'd say 80 to 90% satisfaction in helping others. And sure, I get a kick out of it that, that you know, if someone wants to pay me for my services, hey, I'm, I'm glad to, you know, be of service. Yeah, no, and I, I think we, we need more people with that attitude out that, because at the end of the day, we're all here to serve other people. Yeah, 100%. About it. And it would be a lot better in life if, if that's the attitude everybody took. How can I help serve the greater good? The greater, you know, a lot of people talk about that, but you're doing it one person at a time. Well, you know, one person at a time, maybe more yeah. than one at a time, but that's, that's fantastic. So what's you, what's up next? What are you, what are you doing? How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, look, um, you know, people can, can reach out to me on any of the social media. LinkedIn is a good one. Um, so if you look up Gavin Sequera, or you look up my business, which is called Break Free From Corporate, uh, breakfreefromcorporate.com. Uh, I've got a podcast out there that you know you can easily listen to. It's on Amazon, it's on Google, it's on Spotify, it's on Apple, all of the major sort of uh, players out there. But then you know there's plenty of information I put out on on social media that you know maybe you're on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever it might be, and you might come across it. There's stuff there that you can connect with us. Uh, but if you just want to reach out and have a chat, you know, uh, feel free to drop me a line, my email, my phone number, all my details are out there. Really, there's no way not to reach me. And I'm reasonably good with getting back to people. So if you just want to connect, 
and say hi and say good day and talk to someone with a funny accent, I'm here. <laughs> Likewise, it's like you're excellent at getting back, even with the time difference on that. And we'll put all those contact stuff in the show notes and all that. So, so Gavin, I, I like to ask my guest one question at the end. So, if you had to have a movie made of you know Gavin's life, who's going to play you? Uh, look, I I think the, the best person to play you is you, um, because and that might sound corny, but uh, I really believe no one can be you like no one you know and we all try to be like someone else we all try and emulate our heroes and you know we want to you know i want to be like the tom cruise i want to be like richard branson or i want to be like someone else but i think you can idolize someone but be the best version of yourself so to be honest i wouldn't wish it upon anyone else to play me <laughs> but but I, you know i'll i'll take that role and you know whatever comes with it but i really think if we can try and be better versions of ourselves each day, yeah. you know, that's, that's probably the best way forward. That, that's the real competition is being better than we were yesterday or an hour ago. All right. So, so we'll, we'll give you a featuring since you're, you're just sort of starting out in your movie. We'll give you that. <laughs> and Gavin, thanks for kicking off your Monday with me and, and having a discussion and keep doing the good work that you're doing. Uh, thank you very much. And listen, thanks, Doug, for all the, the good work you're doing as well. And, you know, for your listeners, I, I do have a little gift. Uh, there is a, um, an ebook I put out a few years ago, which attracted a few hundred thousand downloads. And, you know, there must be something good in it. And if any of your listeners would like to grab it, it's called the eight bulletproof ways to escape your nine to five without risking your income. The links are all in my social media and all in my LinkedIn and all that. But, um, have a read. And if you think that helps you, then I'm, I'm really happy. Thanks for the generous uh, going parting gift here for our game show today. Um, how to, how to uh, really rock things with Gav. So <laughs> thanks. <Doc. laughs> Take care.